It's the Duck Logic Comedy Half Hour. 30-ish minutes of sketch comedy, improv, songs, and whatnot pulled from the audio archives of Duck Logic, a Chicago improv group that produced their own two-hour comedy show called The Cavalcade that played on WLUP AM 1000 Radio in Chicago back in the day. Plus, there's some new stuff thrown in for good measure. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a kooky stroll down memory lane with Duck Logic. Because they're wacky comedy guys. Just a bunch of comedy guys. Funnier than they realize. Those wacky, kooky, cut-up comedy guys. And now, Duck Logic puts the joke in context. It was October 31st, back in the day. Halloween evening, the same time the Duck Logic Comedy Cavalcade aired on WLUP AM 1000 in Chicago. The choice was obvious. Produce a parody of War of the Worlds, that infamous radio broadcast from 1938 that convinced a gullible public that upstate New York was being invaded by aliens. The Duck Logic jokester sprang into action and produced 30 minutes of mildly humorous content that they sprinkled throughout the Cavalcade episode you are about to hear. So, put it into context. Turn back the clock and imagine it's Halloween night back then and you're sharpening your Dracula fangs or putting on your hobo costume and this comes on the radio. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program to bring you this special news bulletin. This is Buzz Kelman in the Loop Newsroom with a report straight from the UPI Wire. The American Weather Service has reported the occurrence of two explosions in the Earth's atmosphere. The flashes of light were seen over the Illinois-Wisconsin area and as far away as Hayward. At the present time, no explanation has been offered, but some experts are saying that a wayward communication satellite may have strayed from its orbit and into the Earth's atmosphere. The American Weather Service asked the public not to call their offices for information as they don't really know anything anyway. This is Buzz Kelman. We now return you to the Duck Logic comedy, Cavalcade. It's been 20 years since the Grateful Dead first transformed a nation of teenagers into walking zombies. Now, Jerry Garcia teams up with the terrifying talents of George Romero as they bring you Knights of the Living Deadheads. Good Lord. We interrupt this program to bring you an update on those flashes of light over the Chicago area. The American Weather Service says it was not lightning that thousands of people saw in the northern sky nearly an hour ago. Those flashes of light were of no concern to the general public, and according to the American Weather Service's operations manager, uh, Noel Bingham, they were... Big, huge, giant uh, flashes. Uh, explosions. Like uh, probably if a satellite blew up out in space, you know, it would look like what you saw. Uh, I don't know. This is Buzz Kilman reporting. My next report will be from Highland Park, where a large piece of debris has apparently landed on a Chevy dealership. This is uh, Walter from the Duck Logic Comedy Cavalcade interrupting here. Uh, Buzz isn't here. Pat's not here. He's uh, running off, ripping copy off the, the wire. And uh, we got a guy named Matthew McGee. He's in the newsroom, and we have to uh, cut to him if I could find the right button. Uh, he's got a story on, the, on those satellite thing. Uh, let's see. How about this one? This is Matthew McGee, and we're taking a little extra time away from the Duck Logic Comedy Cavalcade to answer this great response from our listeners about this lightning storm that's been wreaking havoc over the north midwestern states. As it happens, joining us on the phone tonight is Professor Hank Quinlan from Northwestern University, who is also, in addition to that, the chief astronomer and meteorologist for the Adler Planetarium. Thank you for holding your ceaseless watch over the heavens to join us tonight, Professor. You're quite welcome. 
Uh, Professor, are you aware of these the happenings, these explosions? Explosions? Certainly I'm aware of these disturbances, but explosions? Certainly not explosions. Well, then the lightning, or... Lightning? Um... What do you think I am, a weatherman? Well, no, I just We thought do that... have some readings, and some areas flickered only a few times, while others reported long passages of hundreds of these flashes. No blinding or eye strain was reported. It's all very staggering. I'm just not quite sure, but that doesn't mean I don't know. What about the conjecture that this could be a satellite that has wandered off its course and exploded? So, someone said that? Who said that? I, I believe it was on the wire. What wire? Oh, oh yes. A satellite, huh? Do you think a satellite, maybe a weather satellite, had anything to do... Who said with that? The... Did, did the weatherman tell you that? Aren't they happy? Aren't they happy enough with their radar dishes and their, their super laser schooner oh, scanners? Uh, what? 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 Large metal objects falling from the sky have landed in Crystal Lake, Illinois, shortly after the explosions that were reported earlier. It is not known what they are or where they have fallen from. Professor, do you think there could be any connection between these flashes of light and the findings in Crystal Lake? Well, how should I know? I'm just an astronomer. I'm certainly not a weatherman. Thank you, Professor Quinlan. Well, there you have it. That's uh, all I've got here. This is Matthew McGee. We're going to be sending a mobile unit up to Crystal Lake, and uh, we'll see what we can dig up there, and we'll get back to you as soon as we have any more information on this incident. Thank you. You and your husband are settling down to sleep when there is someone at the door. Hey! I'm a vampire! Opens up so I can suck on your neck! Come on! Let me bite you on the neck! Is it? I, I think I'm getting the hang of this, this board. Uh, hello, <clears throat> this is Walter again, uh, live in the studio. We got a report. This is very important. We, we really got to uh, keep up on the news now. We got a report live from Crystal Lake. Our reporter on the scene is Harv Smalley, and uh, we just might as well go right to him now. Uh, take it away, Harv. Uh, Harv, can you can you hear me? Harv, take it away. Thank you, David. Uh, no, no, it's I'm Walter. Here live in what once was beautiful Crystal Lake, Illinois, a quaint suburban street corner of nicely manicured lawns. Uh, it's a small paradise on the outskirts of one of the largest cities known to man, and yet, it's still a suburb like any other suburb. I can almost see grandmother coming out of the house. Yes, uh, the smell of fresh peachaberry cobbler. Raspberry? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, you know what I mean. Uh, as I look over this placid landscape, my view is obstructed by an obvious intrusion. A large, I'll try to describe it for you the best I can, uh, a large cigar-shaped thing. It's maybe 50 feet long, and part of it is buried in the ground, maybe 10 feet down into the ground, and, and then it's another 30 feet tall. It's hard to tell with the debris or smoke, but it does resemble some sort of craft. It's maybe a satellite or something. Also, I don't know if you can hear it, but I'll try to get closer so you can hear. I don't know if you... Do you hear that? It's, it seems to be some sort of a continuous drone or humming sound. The inner workings, I suppose... Luckily, I now have at my side Professor Quinlan from Northwestern University. Professor, yes, Professor that's Quinlan? Fine. That's fine over there, yes. Uh, uh, thank you for joining me here. Oh, uh, yes, yes. You're welcome, Harv. Professor, uh, what could that noise be? Noise? What noise? Well, that noise, that, that buzzing sound. It's coming from the object. Oh, that? Well, you, you didn't make yourself clear. It's one of two things. Yes? Well, when an object such as this crashes into the Earth's atmosphere, a, a tremendous heat is produced, a, a burning, if you will. So it could be this 
thing smoldering. It's either that or a mysterious humming sound. What is its origin? It's coming from over there. Can't you hear it? Who are you? Quit, quit badgering me. Get that microphone away from Sorry. me. Sorry. Uh, are you a weatherman? No, I... Thank you, Professor Quinlan. This incredible event is taking place in the backyard of a Crystal Lake man and his family, uh, Mr. Grover Mills, and he's become somewhat of a local celebrity. Mr. Mills, uh, excuse me, can you tell us in your own words what exactly happened? Well, sure. I, I was sitting in the den watching cable when I heard this noise. It sounded like a gunshot or a bomb, so I thought nothing of it. Then the house started shaking. But I figured it was just my wife doing aerobics, so I thought nothing of it. Uh Then I heard all these people, but I just had a new shed put in the backyard and I figured they were all looking at it. So I thought nothing of it. Then I heard the police, ambulance, and sirens. But I thought it was just the Thomas boy going off again, so I thought nothing of it. So when exactly did you see it? Is that it? Wow! You're just now seeing it? Well, no, no, I, 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 I saw it on, on TV. I, I think it was CNN or, or was it Channel 7? Thank you, Mr. Mills. Well, c- can I go now? Yes, you can go now, and I, I believe we're going to go back to the studio for some messages and then back live on the scene to Crystal Lake. This is Harv Smalley reporting. Harv Smalley, back live in Crystal Lake, where police have cordoned off the backyard of Mr. Grover Mills to keep a crowd of, uh, well, I'd say 100 people back away from the still smoking object which fell from the sky not half an hour ago. The crowd is mostly made up of neighborhood people, well-behaved, merely curious about what this, for lack of a better word, thing may be. Wait, I may have spoken too soon. It seems someone is throwing rocks at the object. It's a group of teenagers. Police are arguing with them now. The kids are just neighborhood ruffians. Crystal Lake ruffians, proving even Crystal Lake is not safe from juvenile delinquency. The youth are getting physical now. One boy hits a policeman in the jaw. Oh, now, now the police are getting physical, using wooden bats and superior dexterity, and the police win. Wait, so, something's happening to the object. It's, it's glowing. A light can be seen, a, a beam of light whose source is the thing from space. The light is growing. It, it's over the crowd now, over our heads like a large spotlight that one might see at the grand opening of a used car dealership. Now it's coming down lower, lower, it's hit me. My God, it's strong. It's bathing the whole crowd. I, I feel drawn toward it. I feel everyone in the crowd being pulled gently but unavoidably towards it. A white hot light, I feel. I, I... Uh, sorry, uh, technical difficulties prevent us from bringing you more from Crystal Lake at this moment. Uh, I've just been handed a telegram which confirms that due to complete electrical outages in that suburb, we cannot bring you any more at this moment. Okay, I, I now have with me, calling from the phone in his car, Chief of Civil Defense and Army Reserve, Major Frank Ellingson. Major, Major, what's going on out there? Well, it's unclear at this point due to the loss of communications. But if you want my personal theory, you came to the right place. Uh, exactly, Major. Give us your personal theory, please. Communism! Anything this big, this troublesome, can only be one thing. A commie nuclear missile. Something they've sent over here to put a scare into us. Put us on our guard, our national guard. That's why I'm in my car talking with you in a studio over a phone. And what is the army preparing to do? Do? What the hell do you think the army's going to do? We're going to deal with this threat the way we deal with any threat. We're going to put all our skill, 
knowledge and diplomacy to work, and we're gonna blow that thing sky high, right back to Moscow if possible. Is this what your superiors have asked you to do? Well, I can't tell you my exact orders. Let me just say that my men and women will be out there in full force. We've got four divisions of 1,500 bodies each. We figure to surround them, sneak up on them, and blow them up. Those are the specifics. Well, sir, if it is a nuclear threat here, uh, wouldn't that be considered dangerous? Poppycock! But, but if that thing is a missile and you blow it up, you'll endanger the lives of seven million people who live in the Chicagoland area. Well, you've got a point there. But look at it from the soldier's point of view. These poor guys and girls get called for duty once a month. I think America owes it to these guys to let them blow something up. Thank you, Major Ellingson. My pleasure. Enjoy the fireworks. That was Major Frank Ellingson of the Army Reserve, setting all of our minds at ease, I'm sure. If you haven't heard, flashes of light were seen in the sky, and the apparent landing of an unidentified craft have been reported in the northern Illinois area. Crystal Lake is the hub of this activity, and we're going out there now, live on shortwave radio and WLUP newsman Arf Mellington. Take it away, Arf. Are we on? This is Arf Mellington reporting to you live from Crystal Lake, Illinois, the scene of what appears to be a, a battle in the making. I can see Major Ellingson giving orders to his troops via walkie-talkie or some strange communication form. They're spreading out now. They look just like the toy soldiers I used to play with as a kid. Oh my goodness, the troops are emerging from all over. SWAT team's on the rooftops coming in! Oh, Ellingson gives a signal! I don't know what the signal is! The signal's on fire! Wait! What? What's this? Beams of light. Ellingson is... Huge sweat stains under both of his arms! His pants stained too! Uh, he's worked hard! And, and... Oh my god, the guns aren't working! The guns aren't working! The guns aren't working! The guns aren't working! <laughs> no use! People being drawn in by the light! Oh my god! The humanity! The humanity! Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to report that we have again lost contact with Crystal Lake in a battle that can only be described as a massacre. 6,000 Army Reserve troops are reported missing in action. Homes have been abandoned. Fear has struck the area. Uh, as our nation looks for answers, a response is heard around the world. Iran and, and the Soviet Union have sent communiques to the White House denying any responsibility for any of these catastrophic events. Colonel Gaddafi of Libya, when cornered on the course of an amateur putt-putt golf tournament, said, No, I don't know. I don't know who done it. As more landings are sighted in different locations all over the northern half of the country, I can think of only one answer. These war machines must be an invading army from outer space. I never thought I'd ever hear myself say that on the radio, but I did. Somebody had to, so there. I never wanted to be a staff announcer in the first place. I, I wanted to be one of those morning zoo guys. I'm funny. I mean, but, but hey, excuse me. I now turn you over to our station manager and a good friend of mine. Mr. Ivan DiCarlo. Ivan. Hello, listeners. Ivan DiCarlo here. 
first, I'd like to thank you for listening to The Loop, WLUP AM 1000, and I'd like to say your interest and concern are well-founded. We at The Loop, WLUP AM 1000, have worked diligently to present programming that you can enjoy and be proud of, and I believe we've accomplished that task. Now, we are being asked to turn over the airwaves to the American Disaster Network. I understand, in times of emergency, this is important. But this is a sweeps week! Don't get me wrong, I don't place undue emphasis on ratings, but hey, what is shaking? A few aliens land and tear up Crystal Lake. They can't even receive our signal out there after the power boost. So now, Chicago's premier rock and humorous conversation radio station, The Loop, WLUP AM 1000, is being turned into your home for alien invasion programming. That'll draw a lot of advertisers. <laughs> uh, 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 the aliens, they got me. <laughs> Just kidding. See ya. The American Disaster Network. A government agency dedicated to informing you when disaster strikes. The world, the nation, your home state, your hometown, all safe from disaster. Because you listen to the American Disaster Network. We take you now to the White House in, uh, in, uh, Washington, Washington D.C. Good evening, I'm Vice President George Bush. The president is sleeping right now, and this is my chance at the spotlight. My fellow Americans and freedom-loving people everywhere, and people who just tolerate freedom, put up with it, see it as a necessary evil. Everybody, listen up. I've been asked to make a statement about the recent goings-on concerning space creatures and the like in various communities around the country this evening. Let me begin by saying America is the greatest country the world has ever known. America is still the land where the little bull weevil and the mighty Tyrannosaurus Rex can still roam free. I was sitting in the Oval Office yesterday while the president was napping, wetting my pants when a thought came to me. As you can imagine, this was cause for celebration, if not alarm. In what other country besides America is it possible for an Olympic runner crippled in an automobile accident to conquer her disabilities and come back to win the decathlon, the Boston Marathon, and the Golden Gloves Championship all in the same year. It could happen, and if it did, by God, I'd say it would happen in America. A wise man once said, I never met an alien that couldn't be naturalized. All people want to be Americans, even space creatures. Now, I haven't seen one of these UFOs, and I don't suppose I'd recognize one if I did. But I can assure you, if these aliens have a desire to live here as contributing members of society, then there'll be room for them. Think of it. The first American settlers were aliens of a sort. I'm sure the native Indians who first saw them thought they were magical creatures. But can you imagine how red-faced these Indians were when they found out we were just people like them? 
Maybe these space creatures are just like the first settlers. If you see one, check for a large buckle on the hat or shoe. That's a dead giveaway. Lastly, if you feel threatened or confused, just think of the story of our imaginary Olympic runner and of the freedoms enjoyed by the bull weevil. And of course, our dinosaurs and me, your vice president, sitting in a puddle of my own making. I hope I've soothed your nerves now. Lay down, let's get to sleep. I know it's early, but you've got a long day tomorrow. Anyway, my voice is tired from shouting over helicopter blades all day. Good night. We take you now to Field Artillery Division Number 1, outside of Illinois, Illinois. Yeah, I got it. Range, 200 feet. 200 feet. Set. Fire. You miss. Range, 150 feet. 150 feet. Set. Fire. Missed. Range, 100 feet. 100 feet. Set. Fire. Nope. Uh, range, 50 feet. 50 feet. Set. Fire. God, put on some glasses. Oh, I forgot. Range, 20 feet. 20 feet. Set. Fire. Yes. Range, 2 feet. This is Buzz Kilman reporting live from Highland Park where it looks like a huge thing has landed in the used car section of the Chevy dealership in this sleepy little village. A crowd of people have gathered around the large glowing object as it sits motionless among what used to be some pretty reasonably priced late model one owner cars. Wait a minute, wait! Inside the object I can see smoke, thick gray smoke, it's coming closer. Ten yards, eight yards. This is Sandwich, Illinois. Is anyone out there? Can anyone hear me? We're overrun by aliens. Send help. Red mustard. Various fixings. The light, it's got me. Give my regards to Ron. This is Wheaton, Illinois, base 19. I'm the only one left. I, there's no response. There's aliens everywhere. And is anyone out there? Oh my god, the light! The light! That I can do! 2X calling CQ. 2X calling CQ. Hello, CQ. Isn't there anybody on the air? 2X, 2L? 2X? 2... Plus two is four. Four plus four is eight. We're at Sloping Valley Ski Resort where a group of survivalists are making their encampment in the face of the wholesale destruction of Earth by these mysterious forces. The leader of the group, Mountain Kenny, is with me now. Hello, Mountain Kenny. Hello, reporter. Me and my group are going to survive this thing by sheer determination and plenty of outdoor skills we learned while all you sissies were sitting there with your remote controls watching the boob tube. We'll see who laughs last, and it'll be us. Well, you certainly have admirable intentions, but I can see from here that you're equipped with more than just backwoods know-how. Don't touch my supplies. I'm sorry. 
That's one rule we have around here. Don't touch my supplies. You know how much an alien would like to get his grubby little space fingers on this stuff? Yeah, no, I don't. I have no things. idea. No, I, I don't know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, a lot. He'd like it a lot. I got 30 years supply of pet condensed milk and hostess Twinkies, plenty of canned meat and evaporated steam to cook it in. Everybody's going to want some of this after those aliens take away the food supply. I bought it while all you lasers were wasting your money on restaurants and houses and schools and insurance and cars and personal hygiene and okay, stuff. Okay, I, th I think we get the idea. You shut up. I'm not finished. I've lived the last 30 years as an asocial hermit. Let me have my last laugh. Ha! You hear that? Ha <laughs> ha! That's me. That's my last laugh. <laughs> I believe we have to cut back. This is the disaster broadcasting service keeping you up to date on the invasion of space creatures on this earth. How do you shut this guy up? I have just received word that we have recovered the black box from the lead plane of the Blue Angel Squadron. The pilot, Captain Faye Wrangler, led an attack on a group of alien vehicles described as looking like gigantic Winnebago camping trailers. It was in a field east of Plano, Illinois. Let's listen to that recording now. Ten, one, two. Is this microphone working? If you're listening to this on a black box, better hope I don't swear. Also, tell Jeff to hang in there. He'll know what I mean. We're getting close to the alien encampment. I think it's about 2,300 hours. Did we have the time change yet? David, we're back live here in the studios at the Loop, WLUPAM 1000, and and it appears that I'm the only one left. Uh, Walter and Tim have fled the building. Tim shaved his body. Harry's swimming to Michigan. Walter had an unstoppable urge to update his resume. I don't know what came over him. The glass in the Hancock building here has all been completely knocked out. The wind's just whistling through all these floors. The city, I gotta tell you, seems awfully quiet from my vantage point up here. I'm looking out, it's just totally deserted. There's plenty of parking everywhere. Those giant Winnebago trailers you've been hearing about, the, the ones the aliens are using, uh, they're blocking off the streets with these things. Uh, it's just amazing. People all over the city, we've been getting reports in, people calling in, they're, they're, they're just zombie-like maniacs. Everybody's trying to get into show business. I have no idea why. I, I, I'm picking up one of the Ryer things here. It says that there's been a run on gaffer's tape around the city. There's not one hardware store in the city that's got any gaffer's tape left. Open mic nights are full to capacity all around the city. I've got no idea what's going on. This whole thing is absolutely nuts. 
Wait a minute, I, I can see as I'm looking down now, out of the open window, the open area, that they're shining a light up this direction. It looks like, I don't know if what they're searching for, maybe they can hear my broadcast, I hope not. It does seem to be moving this way. Here, here it comes, it, it's up to the sixth floor. Now it's at the seventh floor. N now the eighth, now, now the tenth. No, wait a minute, they're stopping at the 10th. No, no, now they're back there up to the 12th floor. They're moving up, the, they're up to the 15th floor now. My God, I can't, the, the tension is just too much for me. What seemed like only a few seconds later. They're up to the 32nd floor. My God, it's hit me, it's hit me. It has this undeniable power. I, I'm incapacitated. Professor Hank Quinlan, journal. Two weeks after the invasion. I'm alone in a house in Crystal Lake. Everyone seems to be gone now. I found the keys to a Toyota Cressida. I went outside and it started. I began my journey to the great city. The windy city. The city that works. The city of broad shoulders. The hog butcher to the world. I don't know if you like Chicago, Jedediah. The wind comes howling off the lake, and gosh only knows if they've ever heard of Lobster Newburgh, that city. As I drove through the surrounding suburbs, I was struck by their complete vacancy. It was boring, lifeless, empty, sterile. Except this time, the people were missing. I headed into the loop, the downtown area, the business district. All right, get to the point. When I arrived, my car choked to a halt. I began walking towards the Wabash Avenue Bridge, and in the corner of my eye, I saw movement, a shadow. The shadow rose, and, and it became a man. Are you a celebrity? No, I'm a meteorologist. Meteorologist, weatherman, what channel are you on? I'm not a weatherman. Who are you? Me, I am this city. I'm the king of Chicago. King? We have no kings, but you're familiar. Tell me, man. What is your name? You don't know my name? You don't know who I am? I'm friggin' Irv Cubsonand. Cup? Yes, Cup, the city's greatest paparazzi. But didn't the aliens get you? Aliens, millions. They didn't want me, so now I'm alone. At the foot of a bridge named after me, in a city that is mine. From here I'll build my new world. The world where the newspapers only print gossip. A world where every booth in every restaurant is booth one. A world where the art of conversation is the finest of arts. Wait, uh, where are you going? Not to your world. Goodbye, cop. Oh, wait, it'll be you and me. Uh, a new world. As I left that poor, disheveled, pitiful man, I noticed heavy cords, cables, taped to the streets and the buildings wrapped around the city like tentacles. I followed them as they grew and grew in number and thickness until I arrived at the site, the site I... I can still hardly believe. People, real people, everywhere, in crowds, milling about, walking back and forth, operating machinery, conferring via walkie-talkies and megaphones. I had come upon the largest movie set in the history of mankind, descending from above, one of those giant cigar-shaped alien vehicles. But this was the largest of all. Scrawled across the side was the word Rosebud. And suddenly, out popped a creature. A creature so vile and ugly, its teeth missing and jagged, its skin slippery and green. Heavy jowls with a matted beard, saliva dripping from its mouth, 
heavy breathing straining under the weight of a gargantuan body. The sight of this monster was almost as frightening as my realization of who it was. Orson Welles. It was later revealed that he had not died. He had merely escaped Earth and looked to the galaxy for cheap non-union labor and unknowing backers to finance his latest, greatest film of all time. A film using the entire state of Illinois as a soundstage and all of its inhabitants as extras. In a terrifying, thunderous voice, he bellowed, It's a rap. It's a rap. And everyone went home, feeling bitter, disillusioned, used. For they were not stars, merely background. Most ending up on the cutting room floor. So remember, when strange Winnebago's come to your neighborhood, and you see the lights, the smoke, and you see your friends leaving you, remember, it's not a space monster. It's Hollywood. Well, there you have it, the Duck Logic Comedy Half Hour Show number 27, our War of the Worlds parody. Featuring in alphabetical order, Ken Campbell, David Dunlosky, Tom Giannis, Buds Kilman, Walter Mitchka, James F. Russell, and Tim Thomas. Subscribe to the Comedy Half Hour and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Our website is ducklogiccomedy.com, and our old cable TV show, Cableville USA, is on YouTube. Portions of this show were previously broadcast on the radio way back when, under the copyright of Duck Logic Limited and the licenses of WLUP AM and FM in Chicago. Whew. Yeah, time for a nap, I think. <laughs>